Hey there, it's Dr. Nazanin Mo'oli, and I want to chat with you about a key ingredient for a fabulous date night, feeling sexy. And come on, let's be real. What you wear plays a big part in how you rock that confidence. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Quince. Quince brings you premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30, along with washable silk tops, 40-carat gold jewelry, and more. And guess what? All of their goodies are priced 50 to 80% lower than similar brands. By teaming up directly with top factories, Quince skipped the middleman and hands us the saving. Plus, they stick to factories with safe, ethical practices and top-notch fabrics and finishes. How awesome is that? Picking from Quince's website was tough because they have a ton of fabulous choices. I ended up going for their 100% washable silk sleep dress in champagne. And let me tell you, my husband was floored. He's convinced whoever rocks this is in for a blast. I'm going to record some content on that dress so you can see how fabulous is that dress. Elevate your date night style with Quince. Pop over to quince.com slash sexology for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash sexology to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash sexology. Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to episode 100 of Sexology Podcast. My heart is full of joy because of we reached this huge milestone. When I started thinking about launching this podcast, I had so many fears. I was telling my fellow podcasting group, I am part of the podcasting group with other mental health providers, that what if no one want to listen to what I have to say? What if people will troll me? What if I get horrible emails? And all of these fears that I had when it was, when I was thinking about launching a podcast and because of you and all the encouragement that you guys gave me in past two years, I've been recording this show every single week. And I truly think it's an honor to be able to reach this many people And I would love to continue doing that. And I appreciate if you support me with this by writing your honest review in iTunes. We have so far 95 reviews on iTunes. And I would love it if you can help me to reach number uh, 100, because the more reviews we get, we'll be able to reach a broader audience because it increases our visibility. In today's topic, we're going to talk about what actually makes a guy good in bed. When it comes to this topic, I believe there's so much, so many misinformation, so much misinformation out there. And, you know, in my practice, I see the disconnect between the image, the stories that guys telling themselves and what really my female clients talking about what they want. And similar thing with my friends and families. And I 
truly believe it's really important to focus on what actually matters. Because, you know, in our society, there's just so much pressure on guys to perform certain way, to, to be a sex machine, to be able to have sex and demand. And that's not how it is for many men. And I think it's, it is an important message to talk about what really women want. And yes, because I'm a heterosexual female, this episode, I'm going to be able to talk about, I'm going to talk about a heterosexual relationship because that's something that I know the best. And we have a very special guest in this episode. If you are the listeners or long-term listeners, you might remember our very first show with Dr. Albert Wong. He's my friend and colleague. We did our postdoc together. He's an excellent sex therapist. We talked about sex and mindfulness. And after that episode, which we recorded about two years ago, I got so many letters from you guys, emails, requesting for us to do another show with Dr. Wong. And I thought this would be an excellent opportunity to have him back on the show because this is a topic that we can talk about. We can bring both from, talk about it from a different perspective. He can talk about his, his experience and understanding as a psychologist and a cisgender heterosexual male. And I can talk about my experience as a heterosexual female. So Dr. Albert Wong is an associate professor and core faculty in the holistic counseling program at JFK University. He has been featured on PBS in Time Magazine and the book, The American Soul Rush. He was educated at Princeton, Oxford, and the University of Tennessee, and is the recipient of numerous national science awards. He has a private practice that specializes in couples therapy in Bay Area. And you can find the link to his website in the show notes. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Albert Wong. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited and thrilled that I shared with you guys during the introduction to have Dr. Albert Wong back on our show. Dr. Wong, welcome to our show. Oh, thanks so much, Naz. It's, it's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. I am so excited to have you on, on this topic. I know we were briefly chatting about it before we started recording based on, and I talked about it in the introduction that I know you're a very humble and kind person, but I think based on my experience that I have from having interaction with you, I think you're one of the most likable person and psychologists that I know. Oh. So I thought it would be a perfect person to have this conversation with because we want what you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you. That's, that's, that's so kind of kind and, and generous. So yeah, glad to share everything I know. So let us start with, so we're going to talk about some of the challenges that men have when it comes to their skills, their feelings, their relationship in the bedroom. So what are some of the common sexual insecurities that you hear from your clients, from your friends that they're struggling with? Yeah, sure. So, so I think that kind of men um, are you know, sometimes there's this kind of machismo persona that, that men kind of present with, but, but I think at base there, there's a lot of insecurities, you know, that, that men have particularly around, am I good enough? Am I uh, kind of a, a good enough person? Am I a good enough lover? 
is my penis big enough? You know, did I perform well enough? You know, all, all, all of these things that are really kind of, you know, kind of, kind of tender and sad and, and, you know, just this, there's, there's so much that, that men kind of struggle with. And, and it's, it's, it's really kind of heartbreaking because what I see is that, you know, there, there's so much self doubt that, that people have and, and kind of self questioning and, and, and not knowing, uh, am I enough basically? And, and I think, you know, this comes in kind of a lot of different forms, you know, but, but mostly it centers around this underlying kind of question of, am I, am I enough? Am I enough? And, and there's, there's the common kind of ones about, you know, am I, am I big enough, you know, just in terms of uh, size and it's, it's interesting, you know, cause, cause there are, I think, I think there's different answers to that. And, and, and I think that the, the, the things that at least I find are that kind of, there, there is some way in which, oh gosh, Nazanin, I don't know. I feel so awkward. This is, uh, I guess, and, and I guess it just shows some of the uh, difficulties around kind of this this question. But there's 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 just so much anxiety, right, uh, around kind of am I enough, right? And you know, I, I think if if a if a if a fella asks kind of the question kind of is my penis large enough i think it's kind of similar to the to the the question that women sometimes ask when they kind of put on some clothes and they they ask the question does this make me look fat you know mm-hmm. and there's there's a certain kind of no win situation that that the person who is answering the question kind of is is put in I noticed that I'm really stuck here. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. No, no uh, problem. I like tell me about the stuckness. Is it about the question? Is it do you feel you there's something going on right now that you're kind of struggling? What how can I, help? I I don't know. I guess I'm noticing just my own kind of shame or or or, or challenges. And, and I think there's ways in which <laughs> kind of I haven't sufficiently worked through some of these issues myself, you know, maybe, which is which is fascinating. I mean, I think that's <laughs> That's real, you know, and on some level, there's my own kind of performance anxiety, right, which is right. manifesting right here, right now, wow. you know, and, and, and wondering if I am enough or if, I, if, I, if by saying this, I'm talking about my own, you know, penis size or not size or mm. whatever that is, right. you know. Right. And so, it, it, you know, I think this is, it's, it's fascinating just to see myself kind of in this state of like, am I enough? Right. You know, because I guess that's the underlying theme. You know, am I am I enough? And I think kind of I guess we teach what we have to learn. You know, I think kind of coming in as I think somebody who is a pseudo expert on something where I feel somewhat an unexpert is 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 an interesting kind of proposition but you know I you know I think we can just kind of keep going and just go in with the flow of it sure. but yeah, I think I with the good, yeah. uh, with good enoughness thing that that yeah. you talked about is such an important topic because right. you know what I notice especially kind of practicing in LA and like living here that people try constantly to address the things on the surface 
So right. only if I can do this testosterone thing and it makes me bigger, my body bigger, if I can do this penis enhancement thing, I feel better about myself. Only if I can have like more money and I constantly see people on surface trying to address this issue that is so much deeper mm-hmm. than what's, what's going on. So I think it's inter- interesting that just, I think, as you said, like at the core of it is feeling of, am I good enough? And that's what we need to address. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I agree that there's, there's so much kind of trying to be different than you are. Right. And, and trying to become something kind of bigger, better, more, more status, more size, more prowess or whatever that is. And, and that kind of one of the real keys to, to being or becoming a, a, a better lover is learning that you are enough and that you know who you are, and that who you are is enough, and that you have what somebody wants, you know, and and I think that can be very compelling. If you can get to a place where you're able to feel your own inner inner sense of self-confidence, like, you know, you know who you are, you know what you want, right, and that you have what uh, your, your, your partner wants, then, then that's a kind of a, a profoundly kind of empowered and attractive stance to take. And, and that can be kind of one of the elements in really generating the electricity that makes sexuality potent and powerful, right? Kind of this capacity for self-knowing, just uh, self-acceptance, right? The capacity to be present just as, as, as you are. And the, the wisdom and competence and capacity just in, in, in being able to stand inside the, the sentence of, you know, I, I, I know who I am and you are what I want and I know that I am uh, and I have what you want too. You know, and, and when you can kind of get to that place of kind of standing in that potency, uh, I think that that can be really electric, you know, you know, I think, you know, I think there's kind of the surface issues, right? Just like you said, about kind of size and kind of more is better. And and I think, you know, I think a lot more is, is about attunement, about kind of being connected to people and, and listening because, because, you know, you need a balance really of feeling kind of connected and safe and, and then kind of the, the excitement and arousal. And, and so you need both. If you have kind of kind of almost too much of one or, or the other, it, it actually kind of makes the, the, the intimacy kind of it fall, fall apart a bit. So, so you need both, both, both ends of that. So, you know, kind of learning how to communicate kind of with your partner, knowing what kind of turns them on, you know, just knowing where their edges of where they're comfortable kind of is super important. So kind of becoming a, a highly attuned person, right? And and um, yeah, helping kind of feel, I don't know, kind of um, a sense of safety and freedom and play kind of in, in the intimacy is really important, you know. Learning to 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 speak and, and communicate kind of uh, what gives your partner pleasure you know, and listen and take feedback on what kind of your partner wants. You know, I think 
you know, so, so, so much of the time people just kind of expect that it should just happen, right? Like the, you know, the lights go out and, or whatever it is, the candles are lit and, and there's this, uh, fireworks of, of, uh, sexual, sexual bliss, right? And, and so much of it is really much more about, yeah, being, being kind of, steady and uh, kind of willing to, to, to have the conversations about kind of what turns you on, you know, what, what is your pleasure and, and kind of explore different kinds of touch. You know, some people like lighter touch, firmer touch, you know, kind of percussive touch, you know, and, and different people have different edges on what their boundaries are just in terms of what's a go and what's a no go, what's a yes and what's kind of a boundary. So, so, Kind of learning how to to talk, kind of with your partner uh, about these things is is super important. I think you know, but 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 I think on the whole, uh, like if there was one piece of advice for 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 men, particularly just in terms of like how to become better in in terms of their capacity uh, for being becoming a better lover, I think kind of all of the kind of outer things are, are less important than kind of the actual interpersonal connection, right? If you have kind of a connection with somebody and if you feel a certain level of attunement and contact and, and when you can feel the joint feeling between the two of you, right? The, the energy that kind of runs through, you know, that, that is something that feeds kind of on itself. It's almost like this kind of resonant capacity that, that you could have with another person. And, and when you're in touch with that and you can sense into the other person's, you know, sensitivities and, and their kind of their own arousal, you know, I, I think that that can be kind of extremely erotic extremely erotic just kind of maybe the most erotic thing is to to have somebody who you feel connected with and and you know is with you right and and who is kind of tracking your erotic excitement alongside you so um yeah so so learning to to you know i think and and these you know these things like i think kind of it's it's the classic and i'll use the term masculine and feminine kind of just kind of as kind of more energetic tendencies but kind of typically a more kind of masculine capacity is the capacity to kind of be penetrative or kind of assertive right but i think frequently what um, men also kind of need to develop is the capacity to be attuned right to the capacity to listen and the capacity to 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 really um feel the erotic energy uh, that their partner um is is experiencing and 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 when you can get to that level of kind of co-joint attunement you know, then, then, then the whole range of play kind of develops that, that there's this, you know, if, if you can, so I think there's the the first step is just learning to listen to kind of the physiological responsiveness, right. Of, of, of your partner. Right. And, and, you know, and listen to kind of how they are, just how their how their body is responding, you know, how how the body's responding and and what's happening in terms of 
kind of levels of arousal. Cause, cause, you know, I think, uh, just in my experience and you know, just talking about kind of my experience as a heterosexual cis male, you know, just, you know, I think one of the things that can be most deeply arousing for a partner is the, this sense that, okay, the, kind of their arousal of my partner and then their capacity to feel that somebody's with them and kind of so there's this joint okay sense of excitation but then there's this sense of somebody's with me so it's kind of a, a contained and and held and safe experience and and so kind of that joint kind of interplay between okay i'm with somebody it's safe and i'm kind of more deeply and, and more deeply excited i can go further when i'm safer almost. So there's this kind of interplay between kind of attunement to create safety. And then, you know, and once you have attunement, then you can also kind of notice what kind of activates greater arousal and what kind of helps a person kind of hold and contain the level of arousal. No, I'll just kind of riff a little bit here, but there's there are these notions kind of within the field of somatics just about Kind of this idea of kind of the edge of kind of how, how to work with tra- traumatic experience. And, and it's kind of interesting just in, in my thinking, just because there's a way in which the way you process through kind of things like trauma and the way where you kind of arrive at kind of deeper senses of interconnection are, are, are really yeah, just just uh, very similar in as much as kind of you need some level of safety, you need some level of connectedness and a home base, you know, and then you need some level of kind of activation. You need to be able to kind of go into that territory and terrain and, and, and but do it kind of in, in a way that feels both exciting, but safe, but exciting. So, yeah. And I think that's such an important point that you're making, because I think most of the time as a cisgender, a heterosexual female, I'm kind of thinking about, and also as a therapist that I work with lots of heterosexual couples, I see that when it comes to sexuality, one of the biggest challenges that I see that people are functioning from different templates, the stories that they have about uh, what the great sex supposed to look like is so different because I think with male and being kind of exposed to porn and conversations around things, it's just more focused on the performance and whether there is an erection or not, whether what size the penis is for women and many men who work through these things, it's more about the attunement and attunement and being kind of like interpersonally being connected in that moment that's arousing. So I wanted to say that's certainly something that I noticed that caused that contribute to these ongoing challenges. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that kind of, um, there's lots of these kinds of projections and stories that we tell ourselves that people tell themselves and, and, and that attunement kind of really is something that, yeah, kind of uh, is so much more valuable and more important. You know, I think, you know, I think, you know, the the insecurities go both ways, right? Kind of like, you know, frequently for women, you know, just just this notion of am I beautiful enough, 
right? Am I skinny enough or am I kind of, or, you know, is my body shaped appropriate, you know, kind of sufficiently? And, and, and I think kind of my sense is that how connected can I be to a person, you know, kind of regardless of shape or size or whatever. And, and it's really that which is um, most deeply kind of important, rewarding, valuable. The other yeah. thing I wanted to t- ask you about that you were talking about being kind of truly present and paying attention to the other mm-hmm. person's arousal and being kind of what's going on in their body and in the environment and all of that. And I know as a clinician, I know you as a friend and clinician, you're mm-hmm. very good with reading like physiological responses with kind of a tuning with what's going on around you. And again, I think that's one of the things that makes you an excellent therapist as well. So, and I know that's, certainly a challenge for everyone, but I think many, again, it's a generalization, and I'm sure there's so many men that are great with this, but many men, there have struggles and challenges when it comes to reading these things. So what yeah. is your recommendation for those group of people? Yeah, you know, I, I think the, one, the first step is, is really just to learn to become like connected to yourself because I think it's really hard to connect to another person, right? Until you actually are able to connect kind of energetically with yourself and all your being. So, so I think uh, sometimes the first step is just learning to feel your own kind of heart, your own belly and, and your own sexuality, your own erotic energy and power. Right. So, and just feeling the interconnectedness of all of that. I think, I think a lot of men who, who who come and see me sometimes, particularly with like these in senses of insecurity, kind of have sometimes been shamed about sexuality. Sometimes, you know, kind of, kind of whether it's kind of a religious kind of it's thou shalt not kind of thing, or you know, there, there there's um, a feeling of we don't talk about that and it's bad and 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 it's kind of, you know, you, you shouldn't really, yeah, kind of be openly kind of physically sexual. Um, so, so I think sometimes just healing that and, and letting themselves acknowledge and own their own erotic sexual being, you know, kind of this notion of finding their own desire and, and not shaming themselves for it. I think mm-hmm. sometimes there's kind of prohibitions. Uh, uh, and, and I think sometimes it's, it's appropriate. You know, I think there's different ends of the spectrum. There are some men who are kind of like overly intrusive, right, with their sexuality. But, you know, for whatever reason, the, most of the, the people who I see in my practice who come to me just relative to kind of sexual challenges are, are men who, who feel a little shyer or a little bit more insecure about kind of their sexual their sexuality and who's kind of, um, I think some of the messaging, which was intended for the kind of over-assertive, intrusive, dominant, kind of over-sexualizing man has actually trickled into kind of a certain kind of more sensitive guy and, 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 and the messages are being really felt in, in a way that kind of almost tips the pendulum back to the other side where they start to kind of doubt whether it's okay to have desire, period. You know, whether desire itself is, should be thrown out the window since they, 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 there's so much kind of 
kind of an atmosphere where they, they, they've seen, and, and rightfully so, some of the damage that kind of unbridled desire can have, you know, some, sometimes it, it gets completely shut off. And so kind of helping people, uh, helping those categories of men kind of refine their kind of the energetic purity of um, just feeling their own erotic desire again, their own kind of healthy longing, you know, and, 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 you know, knowing that, that it's okay, you know, and, and so sometimes, you know, I, I think kind of there are times where there's, you know, men have performance anxiety or challenges or their penis doesn't get hard or whatever it might be. And sometimes it, it hasn't felt safe for them. Right. And, and so kind of helping them kind of feel kind of that level of safety again, right? That, you know, helping them feel understood or heard or believing that they're okay and that their desire is okay and that they're welcomed and wanted, you know, I think. Uh, and, and that's, you know, something that kind of typically they, you know, it's kind of a relational process with their partner, you know, kind of becoming a better lover sometimes means becoming a better communicator and learning to talk about yeah, kind of what, where they're at and what, 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 what they need, you know, what each person needs. And, and sometimes, you know, it's a surprise, right? You know, that, that people sometimes think that what's needed is kind of them to perform in a certain way and a kind of certain quantity or magnitude. And, 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 and frequently what's as satisfying is just having those kinds of connected conversations, you know? So, Which can be so hard because I think it's one of those catch-22 situations that you need the communication in order to have a good sex and being truly connected with your partner. But I think people are, at least what I see, that men are socialized to not show their vulnerability. And then they yeah. kind of get stuck in this cycle of what am I doing? Am I enough? Am I doing it right? And then they, they have no way of knowing unless you communicate that with your partner that this is I'm struggling with. And even showing the vulnerability, at least based on my experience, I can talk about my experience and people that are in my life, that, that that can be incredibly sexy and attractive when someone truly shows their vulnerability. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's really true, that there there is this kind of deeper level of kind of connection that, that takes place when you share kind of that really intimate part of yourself, that vulnerability, that, uh, that scared part, and, and let a partner hold it with you. You know, it's, it's one of the, the sweetest things that can happen. And, and, you know, and, and frequently sometimes, you know, it's, it, it's, it, 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 it feels as important, you know, uh, sometimes it's an undervalued aspect of the process of, of intimacy, you know, can, you know, kind of that, that sometimes we prize kind of sexuality kind of, and, and kind of the genital act, right. Of, of sex, uh, above kind of the, the emotional act, but, but both kind of are, are so intimate, so important. And yeah, just like you said, there's, there's this, um, kind of deeper vulnerability creates deeper intimacy, deeper intimacy creates better love, you know? And, and I think sometimes the, there's this 
I mean, I think there's a reason why it's called uh, making love as opposed to just having sex, right? And and so kind of for, for people who are interested in that deeper level, you know, I think kind of having that level of emotional contact is, is super important. Yeah. So yeah. For, for people who are really struggling with, for example, talking about the things they want, specifically male, can, what are some of the first steps that you recommend them to kind of practice this being more open mm-hmm. about their internal struggles? Sure. So I think the first thing is just to, you know, kind of uh, just this, the notion of first truths first, right? So, you know, if, if you're struggling to talk about it, just say that, you know, you're struggling, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and not to, you don't have to necessarily get into content, but, you know, just to acknowledge that, you know, there's a struggle. And then, you know, and then, and then once, kind of you make that bid to your partner typically you know there'd be some capacity you know on their part to to hold and be with that and to kind of attend to that and then make it safe to kind of talk about the next thing right so you know i think it's this kind of gradual easing in process of kind of sensing uh if i jump and it sometimes it does feel like jumping off the cliff like will my partner be there and 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 so it makes sense to kind of go with first truths first and 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 sense uh, the capacity kind of relative to the partner and and to 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 have faith you know just to have faith that kind of maybe if you share from a place of vulnerability that they'll they'll come find you and and typically that that's what you know I find like sometimes it feels super awkward or you know, but, um, you know, if, if somebody's kind of cares about you, they'll, they'll show up, you know, and then, yeah, you know, I think a lot of it's kind of getting in contact with your deeper desires, right? Kind of just thinking about what, what's most meaningful for you. What, 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 what's your, I guess, I think there's this term, kind of um, in some of the, the literature, uh, just about kind of what is your kind of, what, what, what's your hottest uh, erotic movie, right? Mm-hmm. Just this notion of kind of what, what turns you on, you know, is it, and people are turned on by different things. Sometimes it's this notion of kind of romance, you know, that, that uh, you know, sometimes a, a partner wants to feel this sense of, you know, when I first met you, you know, kind of my heart exploded with love and, you know, just be kind of, uh, kind of all these warm and loving fuzzy feelings, you know, that, that are associated with kind of romantic love. And, and some people kind of have kind of different senses of what turns them on. You know, some people are more kind of turned on by kind of dominance, like kind of somebody else, Kind of assuming the power, or kind of submission, or or kind of just kind of unbridled passion, being an object of intense desire, you know. And so, so so listening to to what kind of is your deepest turn on, and and what is your partner's deepest turn on, and and just trying to find, yeah, kind of open dialogue around that, you know. So 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 I think there's kind of learning about yourself, kind of accepting yourself, letting yourself just become present, you know, 
present uh, and here. You know, a lot of people just kind of don't actually show up sometimes right. during intimacy. There's there's a lot of people who are kind of the body's present, but the mind is is elsewhere, or you know, kind of the, 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 they're not really there. And so, just kind of being conscious of of when you are and when you're not, and, and being kind of self accepting, I think, is part of that. Kind of learning to accept yourself, and then the, the the attunement. You know, a lot of that is I don't know. It feels like listening to the kind of the soft and tender silences, kind of uh, with with somebody, and just kind of things like noticing, noticing. And you know, I, 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 it's it's a, a feeling sometimes of just uh, sensing into the other person's uh, emotional, erotic being, right? And and being kind of just listening, you know, listening with the full heart and a full being. You know, there there is kind of, and and it should be this way, like where where you can sense the other person's arousal. Right as it's happening, and and you know that's kind of what you want to kind of listen for. You know, kind of listen for and and get more and more kind of attuned to, kind of just you know I think you know watching and uh, you know if 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 you've ever if you've ever kind of kind of been with somebody and, and there's a sense of in in synchrony, you know that, that there's a a resonant capacity. So, so letting yourself be open uh, to the other person in that way so that they can kind of, their energy spills over into yours and yours spills over into theirs, that that creates a deeper sense of erotic tension and aliveness. And, and uh, uh, you know, I think, yeah, I think like attun- attunement is, uh, yeah, it, it, it just, it just almost extending your awareness like getting really good with your awareness extending it to another person and let, letting that kind of enter into you somehow beautiful analogy and as i always i love loved having these conversations with you because i feel because of your insight and you're also present but i know we're toward the end of our time mm-hmm. i wanted to know what are some of the ways that our listeners can keep contact with you, contact you? And also, I know we were talking about you have these courses that we would like to learn more about them. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, people are very welcome to, to connect with me. Uh, I have a website, uh, dralbertwong.com. Uh, and yeah, if, if anybody wants to reach out, please feel free. I have a private practice in the Bay Area, kind of Marin County. Yeah, I'm also doing some online uh, teaching. So, so there's kind of a, a course that I I'm teaching on somatic approaches to trauma. So, this is how to work through kind of you know kind of challenges in the body, kind of from a somatic perspective. So, if anybody has a side interest in that, you know, people are definitely welcome to check that out for sure. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. And this was such a lovely conversation. Yeah, thanks so much, Nas. It's always good to connect with you. Such a pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my interview and conversation with Dr. Albert Wong. As I shared with you, I think many of the challenges 
that most of my uh, cisgender male clients are struggling with is coming from the myth in the society. And I think there's just so, so much misinformation out there. After we stopped the recording, Dr. Wong and I, we had like another 10 minutes conversation about uh, whether the size matters or not. And we talked about different perspective, talked about our personal experiences and our this is what science shows. And I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts about this topic. So if if you think it matters or it doesn't matter, I want to hear it. So you can just uh, send me a tweet, find me on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you think. And a side note, I'm traveling. I'm super excited. I'm going to a hiking trip in South America. So if you're following in my Instagram account at Oasis to Care. You can see the stories I'm uploading as I'm traveling in South America. Anyhow, I love you guys. Thank you so, so, so much for letting me know that this information is useful for you. And thank you so much for tuning in to this show. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.